Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Sneakers and Cleats, the podcast. Welcome back to the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. It is Wednesday, November 1st. We have made it through spooky season <laughs> and into... Into uh, November, so Did here we are. Did you have a costume yesterday? No, but Jordan won the con- costume contest. She dressed hey. up as a traffic cone. There you go. Well, apropos, well, it everything was, going on yeah. on the northwest side. Yeah, pretty much everywhere in town. <laughs> I, yes. I live under the impression that everything in San Antonio, they'll, they'll start 10 projects, and instead of finishing them, they'll just be like, hey, they're almost done. Let's start 10 more, and, and then just never finish ex- them. Well, by extension, that's the state of Texas, too. That's I mean, fair. you know, we all want to relationship as long and lasting as construction on i-35 <laughs> or that's pretty good i can't no. take credit for that i actually do not like halloween i don't really i'm not a halloween person i don't, I don't see the it. point i mean well it's kind of fun i mean i i don't i didn't the last good halloween costume i had was several several years ago this is like going back at least six i think and it was benny the jet rodriguez from <laughs> so i still have my pf flyers there you go i i very consistently am clark kent from superman there you go just because it's so easy and i can just dress like i normally dress you just yeah <laughs> kind of recycle through <laughs> that just, yeah i'm a journalist and I then i wear a like a of, and then i wear a superman right. shirt underneath i saw a lot of i guess it i guess the costume this year was ken and barbie or it was uh travis and taylor uh, yeah you see that Mitt Romney and his wife dressed up as Travis and Taylor? I did not. And we're like, guys, somebody come get Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> the one that I really did like was Randy Johnson and the Bird. Oh uh, my the, God, that, that was, was good. That was fantastic. That was pretty good. There was a who was it? Um, Taylor Heineke, the now starting quarterback. He did the, <laughs> the, the deer in headlights. Yes. His wife had the headlights on. <laughs> That, that, was one was, that one was classic. That one was some of them are like really entertaining, yeah. but I just don't, for me, it's like, give me some candy and let's just move on with our day. I don't like being scared. First of all, I don't like scary movies. I'm not a huge scary movie guy. I trick or treating stopped when I was like 11 because I shot up to six foot and people were like, why are you at my front door? <laughs> so I was like, it's like I'm get done. out of here, teenager. You're trying yeah. to scam us. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's just kind of been, eh. So. <laughs> Anyway, um, I don't. I'm. I'm not as anti Thanksgiving or as anti Halloween as a lot of people are. There's. There's like 33 percent of the population that just don't celebrate Halloween at all. And then there's also the debate that I discovered yesterday. It's whether you say Halloween or Halloween. Hmm. What do you say? I don't know. Say just say it how happy, you usually say. Happy it. Halloween. Yeah, it's Halloween, not Halloween. It's it's H A L. I guess that's coming from All Hallows Eve and everything. So yeah, that could make sense. Anyway. I digress. Uh, Halloween was fun. Halloween, Halloween, whatever you say. Um, this is our high school hype squad episode. We did not do one last week because the Spurs season opener. 
uh, was last week, but we will get more into the final week of the regular season for high school football. It's already here, which is kind of crazy. It is, yeah. It, this really blink of an eye. flew by. Um, so we'll talk about our TNL Top 10. We'll do uh, 5A, 6A, and then we'll run through the sub-TNL Top 10 for 1A through 4A. Uh, we'll be recapping week 10 and uh, previewing week 11. Some district districts already clinched, some that need to be clinched. Kind of go over some of those scenarios. We'll also preview our TNL matchup uh, of the week, which is Lee taking on Churchill. Uh, but first, as always, number game. Uh, this is number 44, which is a significant one to uh, us here in San Antonio. Yeah, the Iceman. Iceman George Gervin. Yeah. Number 44. So. The uh Probably the one and only 44 for like Don and a certain subset of people yeah. in, in San Antonio that, that uh, don't watch a lot of baseball, but I mean, you Hank gotta, Aaron. Yeah. And that's, that's the other one for me. Uh, George Gervin, Hank Aaron, two good 44s. George, Mr. Gervin just had a book come out so you can read all about the I actually man. met him for the first time when he came in to talk to Don about the book uh -huh. uh, for Sports Sunday. What was it? Two weeks ago? Something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Met Gervin for the first time. He's nice as hell. Loves loves Wemby. Yeah, <laughs> it, he's he's uh, just a very nice and, and humble man. I mean, so yeah, he's he's a really cool dude and uh, really kind of I guess the first star for the Spurs. You know, because yeah. it was like back in the ABA days still when you know or when the ABA was kind of morphing into the NBA or getting absorbed by it. You know that you know he was there in the hemisphere. You know. Yep. Given putting on a show for everybody, it was it was Gervin and the baseline bombs. When you rank uh, all time Spurs, is he three? Oh, I mean Tim, I, uh, Tim, David Robinson, and then George probably, and then Manu Tony. Yeah. Then Manu Tony, then probably Sean six. I don't know, man. It, it's that that is. I feel like that's contentious territory that we're waiting <laughs> into there. I mean, yeah, probably Tim first, and, yeah. and maybe David, just because you know it was like. They were the first Tim, obviously, just because of the number of championships. David was there for like the first, you know, kind of being there for the first and the first two. Um, and then, yeah, I would. Gervin's I think that Kervin's up there just in popularity, you know, kind of like Manu and everything. Tony's got to be up there just because, again, the number of championships. Yeah. So. I mean, I think the top five are cemented. You can pretty much slip four and five around. You can yeah. slip Manu, goes, Tony, Tony, Manu, like goes whatever. Back and forth, yeah. Whatever your preference is. If you're uh, doing a Mount Rushmore or something. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're putting a Mount Rushmore together and you're gonna flip the fourth face yeah. on those two. But the I mean Gervin's obviously on the Mount Rushmore. Unless you're putting Pop on there. Right. Unless Pop's the fourth face and then yeah. you go Tony you go Tim, uh David, George and, and yeah. Pop. But, but another 44 that we better not forget. I mean, the logo, Jerry West. So God, there's so many good 44s. So you get, I mean, just for all the NBA heads out there, you, know, <laughs> you don't, you can't leave that one out. So yeah, uh, I think if you're thinking in terms of just like the number 44, who owns the number 44? Broad in national spotlight, Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron has to own the number 44. But here in San Antonio, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the Iceman. Yeah, for us locally, it's a, it's the Iceman for sure. All right, let's get to the TNL Top 10. Going to do a little different this week, not really recap the games from last week as like its own section. Uh -huh. Kind of just go through them as we're going through the TNL Top 10 because we usually do that anyway. So just kind of skip a step there. So TNL Top 10 for week 10, uh, going into week 11. Reagan, still the top spot. Obviously, they're, be they're the best team in our area. Um, I don't know about by far, but they are the best team in our area for sure. Reagan is 9-0, 7-0 in district. They beat Roosevelt last week in a, in a surprisingly... 
close game. Uh, it was close in the third quarter. Yeah, you know? more. It was closer than I thought that we thought that it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, Reagan pulled away with it late in the fourth because of, in large part, to Calvin Pryor. Once again, 26 carries, 199 yards, four touchdowns for him. Can't say enough about him. Yeah, that seems to be the – that's been the formula for the past two weeks. Give the ball to Cole Pryor and let him melt the clock and, and run away with it a little bit. So uh, it's it's the three-headed snake, as Coach Hamilton likes to call it. Yep. Uh, you know, just their rushing attack. But they also, you know, have some weapons on the outside too. So they can spread the ball around a little bit. And, you know, I really – you got to like how their defense plays in the second half too, because they kind of been shutting people out in that second half and, and really giving them that chance to kind of pull away. Yeah. And there's a reason that like a lot of their San Antonio sports all-stars are on their defensive side. Like yep. they, they have the line bet. I think it's two backers and, a, and an offensive lineman. Um, and I said, Calvin Pryor, I meant Cole Pryor, but a great game as well for another San Antonio sports all-star and, and Brennan Carroll. Like, what, yep. dude, this kid is unbelievable at 5'8 and 190, almost 200 pounds. He's going to put on another 20 pounds uh, and go, I think he's going to Rio Grande, uh, Rio Grande Valley down there. Oh, the UTRGV. I think he's going down there. Cool. Um, down there with Coach Bush. Yep. So he's gonna, he got 23 carries, 256 yards, and three touchdowns. Like, no. You can't really say enough. That's their offense. Brandon Carroll is their entire yeah, offense. Yeah, rinse, wash, repeat for the Rough Riders. I yeah. mean, just give the ball to number six and let him go to work. And yeah. he's been doing this all season. Um, you know, the Rough Riders had something to play for in that game. So I think that's why it was a little bit closer and they were in it. Uh, just, you know, with the Rattlers, it's it's a little bit more firepower than what Roosevelt has at, at this point. But uh, Roosevelt still, again, they've they've got a shot this week. You know, I think with their game, it's it's I, outside. They need some help too, yeah. probably. But you know, actually, I think Churchill and Roosevelt they have a chance to tie for fourth. Uh-huh. But they, because of the way that the point differentials worked, yeah, I don't think that they actually have a chance. Right. Uh, because it's, Brandeis, it's between because, Brandeis and Roosevelt, yeah, yeah, because Brandeis won certain number of like it's the point differential in common games or something like that. It's kind of convoluted. Get out the but... slide rule, yeah, and you, we have to do calculus, which we're not going to do here and yeah, everything. No. So. Yeah, so it, it, I think Roosevelt has a very, very, very small chance. That Churchill, I believe, is eliminated. Yeah, so. it's, it's outside, but yeah. Um, but anyway, Reagan uh, won that game. They've already clinched the district title, at least a share of it, uh, if they lose to Brandeis this week, which they play at uh, Ferris Stadium at 730. Um, I think that's a Thursday game. Um, can't remember if that was a Thursday or Friday game, but they'd be 10 and 0 for the first time since 2015. Um, if they beat Brandeis, they will have the outright title because they beat Johnson a few weeks ago. If they lose and Johnson wins, then they'll have a shared title with Johnson. However, they will still be the one seed because they beat Johnson outright, mm-hmm. uh, or head to head. Uh, this, the year that they went undefeated in 2015, they lost in the second round to Smithson Valley. Um, they've already beat Smithson Valley this year in the in the opening game by three, but that would be a, a great rematch if that were to happen. It would be. It's a happen. close game, and, <laughs> and um, of course, playoffs, it brings a whole different dynamic right. to it. So that, that would be a lot of fun to see those two. It, it won't happen in the first round at least, just because both those teams being district champs, they're, they're going to find a four seed yep. uh, from another district in the by-district round. But uh, yeah, that, that would be a lot of fun for a second round, maybe potentially third round matchup. Yeah, and just quickly on Brandeis, I believe they play – if they beat Reagan, they're in for sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that even if they lose, they're in. 
uh, as the four seed, unless something crazy happens with Roosevelt. Brandeis has, has, you know, so far they're in a good spot just because going into this week, they're in that four spot already. Yeah. So I feel like they still do have something to play for. Maybe there's something competitive, but, you know, with Coach Bruce, you know, maybe it's, I'm sure he's already figured it out going yeah. into this into this game, but you still want to see something from your guys, you know, and, and it's not like you want to rest everybody to to just wait for that, you know, playoff game because hey, you're you you know, if you do end up in that four spot, you're gonna go up against a pretty good team. Now yep. who that will be, we will find out. Exactly. They still gotta try and move up and maybe catch Clark. I'm not sure what the point differentials and all that stuff equal out to, but um, because I do believe Clark's Clark season's over. Clark's they have, they're weird because they don't have a bye week, so they just played ten games and now they're on their bye, even though they've clinched a playoff spot. So it's kind of kind of strange for Clark. A little, a little different. Yeah, a little different. Um, going on to Steel. Steel's our number two team in the TNL top ten. Steel is eight and one, four and zero oh in district. They defeated Judson last week uh, pretty easily, um, handily in a game that's usually really good uh, and one that we usually circle on the calendar. Judson obviously having a little bit of a down year, three and six, uh, two and two in district right now. Um, they won 52 to 14. Chad Warner put on another show, uh, 15 of 19 from the field. Got a bug in here. Uh, 291 yards, three touchdowns. All three of those touchdowns went to Jalen Cooper, seven receptions for 145 yards, three TDs. Jonathan Hatton, your OU commit, had uh, 25 carries, 126 yards, two touchdowns. So just another offensive clinic from Steele. Yeah, the beat goes on for the Knights, and uh, that should continue against Clemens. Uh, but again, it's. It's a district game, so it's always going to be tough. But, you know, I, I look for Coach Signs to, to have his squad ready to, to close things out and have, you know, a, a good head of steam going into that first playoff game. Yeah, and speaking of Clemens, they were dealt a huge blow last week losing to East Central. Mm-hmm. So now if East Central wins and Judson wins this week, that means that Clemens does not make the playoffs. Um, so that would be a, that'd be a huge, huge, huge thing for Clemens because so we, we thought, like, once they beat Judson – it was like, wow, okay, this team might actually make some noise in the playoffs. They might have a little bit better of a team than maybe we expected. And then you lose to East Central. Now you're one and three in district, and it's just, or two and two in district, I believe. And it's just like, yeah. oh boy, here we go. Because now you got now you got number one coming in. Yeah, it's and that district's a little unique just because again, there's only six or so teams in it. One of them is eliminated just off the bat, San Marcus, because of recruiting by you know violations there from mm-hmm. UIL and everything it's a bit of a log jam between Clemens Judson East Central uh Clemens Judson two and two you mentioned right. East Central one and three so it's like where where does everybody fall right uh so it's you know one team gonna be the odd man out so it's it'll it'll be a dog fight you know just because yeah Clemens is kind of fighting for it for its life a little bit you know they it all comes out in the wash though you know yeah and, I don't after know how, these games I don't know how it plays out with Judson and Clemens, like if Judson loses to – because Judson has New Braunfels, and then East Central has San Marcos. San Marcos is 0-9, so I think we expect East Central to win that game. Mm-hmm. Get to 2-3. and three. Steele is probably going to beat Clemens, so make them 2-3 and three as well. But East Central would jump Clemens, or Clemens because they're head-to-head, but then Clemens beat Judson, so it's all convoluted. But My head hurts. Yeah, it means <laughs> – week 11 is a big headache. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it's, it's a huge game either way for Clemens against Steele uh, this weekend because if Clemens does win, they're in. Yep. So um, this would be the third straight district championship for uh, – outright district championship for Steele, uh, and it would probably knock Clemens out of the playoffs, as we just said. So 
Harlan is number three. They are 9-0, 7-0 in district. They were on their bye week last week. They're the only Class 6A team that is 9-0 right now, so that's pretty uh, amazing that we have that team right here in our area. They've already clinched the district title. They do have a game against Taft this week, uh, Thursday at Ferris at 7 o'clock. Taft already has also clinched the playoff spot. Um, I don't believe they can catch Jay or Brennan, but uh, so I think Taft is pretty much cemented in that four spot. Yeah, I'm going to check that. Well, so Jay Brennan, six and one. I don't know. Like, um, you know, that they may have locked in their position already and stuff like that, but, you know, I none of these coaches are just kind of, you know, going to sit back and, all right, you know, that's it. Maybe, you know, one or two might be, but, you know, they, they aren't going to come out and do anything or say anything like no. that. Coach Stade going to, you know, been – building some momentum over these past weeks with the Raiders and, and they've been, you know, a pretty solid club here down the stretch in 29, six a. So this is one that I think, you know, Har Harlan's going to have to be on their P's and Q's and, and, you know, it's, it's not, it's not something that they can just roll out and, and say, all right, you know, yeah, we chalk this one up and, and we've got it. This, this one is, I think one to keep an eye on that Thursday night. It's a shorter yeah. week too. So it's, you know, the the benefit is on the back half, you get, you know, an extra day to kind of prep for that playoff game. But, you know, this is one that if you want to, you know, polish off this un, undefeated regular season, it's like it's it's going to be a battle. Yeah, I mean, you're playing a playoff team your, your uh, last game of the season. And I know this means a lot to Eddie Salas and, and the guys over at Harlan. Yeah. They want they want to finish this off undefeated. They want the first undefeated season in team history. Yeah. And they're going to come out firing. So, but the, like you said, Taft is a good team. Jaden Aleman or Aleman over there, excuse me, and and those boys they are they are a tough squad to to play at any level. We've so. seen Noah Ferris throw it around. Johnny Locke can toss it around too for yep. Taft. So uh, you know those those two guys coming out firing. That one should be fun to watch. And they very nearly beat Jay last week. I mean, mm -hmm. we'll yeah, talk it was, about it when it we get close. to Jay. Yeah. Taft gave them a run for their money. They only won by seven. So. Um, it's going to be a good game on Thursday. We have a, actually have a, quite a few good games this Thursday um, on top of the TNL matchup. So, mm -hmm. uh, number four in our TNL top ten is Smithson Valley. They beat uh, their eight and one, six and zero oh in district. They beat Buta Hayes forty seven to ten. They scored three defensive and special teams touchdowns uh, that in that game. Zach Gingrich had two of them. I believe he had the punt return or the blocked punt return, and then um, uh, fifty yard interception return for a touchdown as well. So hell of a performance from him. Smithson Valley just keeps turning, man. I mean, they're they're going for their back-to-back uh, -back undefeated district runs now. So kind of like Steele. I mean, the beat goes on for the Rangers. You know, another district championship kind of already wrapped up for them. Uh, they really showed a lot, I think, in the Bernie Champion game yeah. where they just, you know, Buta Hayes, not much of a test there. You, you know, you still need to do your job and and. And they did that, uh, but really that game against Bernie Champion, you know, it's like they they kind of flex their muscle there, yeah, absolutely, against another contender. So, um, you know, they've and I'm trying to look real quickly. Who do they have? Seguin. Seguin. So, you know, that one. I've seen Seguin put up some points and everything, but that should be another one where I think you could see it pretty well in hand by halftime for Smithson Valley. Now it's on the road, but. You know, with with them kind of rolling into the playoffs again, 
you know, you know, Coach Larry Hill is going to have them on a mission to to wrap that one up quickly. Well, Seguin can score. Like, let, yeah. they can score with the best of them. I think oh, they, yeah. put, they put up 50 on Alamo Heights earlier this year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they they can score with the best of them. But that Smithson Valley defense, as you just heard, is is it's, a force, yeah. man. Yep. Like they held Reagan to four or 17 points in the first game of the season. Yeah, they only they only lost by three. Like it, the Smithson Valley defense is rolling now, and mm-hmm. they held. I think it, that Bernie Champion game, they I think they held them like 17. So yeah. That, that range of defense and Larry Hill, they're they're clicking on all cylinders, as they usually are this time of year. Yep. Um. So they're probably going to be looking to go nine and one, uh, seven and zero in district, and uh, roll right into the playoffs once again. So, uh, Alamo Heights is our fifth team. They are nine and zero, eight and zero in district. They defeated Lanier sixty one to seven. Uh, Ernst, their uh, quarterback Colin Ernst went for uh, six total touchdowns. He only threw five passes. And three of them were for touchdowns. That's not bad. No, that's efficient. Pretty, yep. Efficient. Mm-hmm. I think he actually had was five for five. <laughs> so five for five with three touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. Uh, I think you'll take that any day of the week. Yeah. And and part of that is, you know, and we've talked about it before. I, I know Coach Ritterman, you know, is is looking to, you know, find a different district or just a yeah. different solution uh, to, to having – you know, s- some different kind of tests during the regular season, but they'll have one to close things out. Sam Houston, a really they are no schlubs, interesting man. team with some playmakers all over the field, a couple of all-stars, uh, Jeremiah Spitia, uh, Jaden Cervantes. So it's, you know, that one should be good. Now it's at home at Orem Stadium, which, you know, should be a great atmosphere and everything yeah. for them. Uh, but you know, don't don't look for Sam Houston to just kind of roll over and say, okay, yeah, you know, it's Alamo Heights that we're going against. We don't, you know, it, it, that one is going to be another one where it's, hey, it might be close there in the third, fourth quarter. We've seen uh, Alamo Heights come out slow before. Like, we've seen them come out against Harlandale. Uh, it was a five-point game, I believe, at half. And we've seen them come out against Burbank. It was a seven-point game at half, something like that. And then they run away in the second half because, like we've talked about all season, the depth. depth of that team yeah. is, is crazy because they face these – lesser teams for lack of a better term and they're able to play those backups get them some experience and then once you come into this part of the season then your starters are in there pretty much the whole time and if somebody does go down guess what you got another guy to step right back up which is why they're one why they're good year in and year out and two it seems like they get better throughout the season so yeah. uh that's going to be a good game though jeremy williams has that has that sam houston team clicking and they're having a great great year i think they're seven much, to two much improved yeah much yeah. improved this year i mean that that game that they had against edison i know it was edison um but they are just they're a force on offense they really are yep. um uh, johnson is six they are eight and one and six and one in district they defeated the Legacy of Education Excellence volunteers last week, 57-3. to Ty Hawkins had four passing touchdowns. King Johnson had three of them, the three first touchdowns of the game, including one, which was a hell of a grab yeah. at the beginning of that game. Looking like Randy Moss just going up high point in the ball and, yeah, one of our Play of the Week nominees this week. I mean, so lot, lots of great, you know, touchdown catch plays, yeah. you know, that we have. So That was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, King Johnson went for five receptions, uh, 140, and three touchdowns. Johnson just keeps rolling, man. Johnson has a uh, a squad that is going to be reckoned with, is a force to be reckoned with, excuse me, in the playoffs. And even though they're going to be the, probably the second team in their district, they're probably going to get second place because they lost to Reagan. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past them and win a few games in the playoffs. Yeah, it, they're a little... 
it's it's so crazy to me just how similar both Johnson and Reagan are. And and yeah, we talk about you know their offense with King Johnson, Bubba Johnson, Ty Hawkins, but you know their defense is is something too. Now, the quality of their opponents, you know, you, you would like to see what what can they do against a team that's kind of maybe at their level. But their their defense, hey, it's like you got to stop them too, and and they swarm to the ball. You know, they they force punts just to get their ball back to the offense and let them do their work and everything. So, you know, I I really like to see Johnson's what they do in the playoffs. It should be a lot of fun, and hopefully, it's like they they come across a Reagan or or somebody right. at their level because that's gonna that that playoff game is gonna be so fun. They're just a fun team. Like yeah. you love those kinds of teams that just. They're going to go wild on offense, and they're going to play enough defense to to make it really competitive and good. Yeah. And their defense and their defense has some dudes on it, so it's yeah. like their whole team under TP Miller has, has come a long way. And Ty Hawkins, uh, he corrects a lot of mistakes. So mm-hmm. uh, seven, we have. I still have it labeled A through J, but whatever. <laughs> um, I'm never I'm never going to get this right. Uh, South side, we have at seven. They're eight and one, seven and zero oh in district. They were on a bye week last week. They're on an eight game win streak after they lost their season opener. Uh, they're looking to get their second straight outright district title this weekend against Win Eagle Pass. So those guys from the South side still trying to go nine and one this season. Going to have a, a hell of a year. Yeah, and they're going to get that second straight outright district title. Uh, just a machine there with how they kind of close out a season. They they get on a roll and and. They're they're an impressive club, so uh, I look for them to you know, you know, steamroll again and and you know yeah. get to that district title again. So, uh, congrats to the Cardinals, man. I mean, wow, just impressive how you know they they kind of not stumble out of the blocks, but it's just they it's like they kind of find themselves a little bit, and then you know once once that happens, you know, man, do they do they come together? And they play great football going through October and into November. Yeah, I think they've only had like one real close scare of a game, and I think that was against South Sand, where they only won by one point, which a heck of a performance by South Sand in the Bobcats down there. But South Side's a machine; mm-hmm. um, they're just going to keep rolling. And Eagle Pass has one win this season, so I wouldn't be surprised if, like you said, that this is going to be a nine and one team heading into the playoffs and that one seed in the district. So right. uh, Brennan has come a long way, and they are the eighth team in our TNL top 10. It's a very different conversation we're having about them than we were <laughs> week one when they got destroyed by steel and Caden glass looked like, uh, looked like a freshman quarterback or a sophomore quarterback mm-hmm. that had never seen the the playing field before, but boy, oh boy, have they come a long, long way. They're seven and two now in district, uh, excuse me, seven and two overall six and one in district. They defeated home 69 to seven. That's their season high for points this, this year. Caden glass was eight for eight. 219 and five touchdowns on the day against Holmes. So they are rolling now. Yeah. Well, and coming into this week, second place game on the line yep. going against Jay. Again, another quality matchup that we have. I, you know, it, I guess it worked out the 29 6A district schedule makers, you know, Nostradamus <laughs> there. They, they knew what they were doing uh, with how this year played out. Uh, having all these great games at the end of the year. Those so. guys in the Major League Baseball AL West <sighs> schedule makers. Yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I I kind of mentioned it. I, you know, on on Sunday night, just what a job by by Coach Bazer. You know, this young team really growing up together this season. Yeah, they took their lumps early. You know, lost two of three, but since then, yeah, they've they've found themselves and been on a roll. And and they've lost to good teams. So it's yep. like. 
you know, that's that's what these coaches talk about all the time is, hey, playing up to that, you know, level of competition. And it's like, hey, you want to get there. Well, this is what it looks like. And now it's like they almost see that they take those lessons back and they, OK, why can't we why can't we do that? Right. And it's just a bunch of young guys. And, and now it's just like even look at it next year too and it's just like man the bears are going to be a scary team <laughs> well i mean you look at we we talked to um we featured uh the brendan team this week on on our jersey presentations and the the love twins and Dion tovar all of them said like this season was really tough because you start so young and you have a sophomore starting and you have so many young guys starting at key positions and then Dion was like, "We just had to get our feet below us, man. We we had to. Yeah. We came out against Steel, who's the second team in our TNL top ten. And then you have some tough games. And then you play Harlan, who is the third team in our TNL top ten. And then you get to Roland. And then you, you you realize like, okay, this is what we can do. This is where we can go. Because even in that game against Harlan, I think they were up twenty eight to thirteen. Yeah. And so it's they're like, in it. Dion Tovar was like, we just needed to find out exactly who we were and what we had here and then start banding together. And that's exactly what they've done. So hats off to Coach Bazer over there. I'd really be interested to see, and it's kind of tough. I mean, probably Coach Bazer would be the one to, to maybe give us some sort of in the area code of what this answer would be. I mean, obviously, Caden Glass, he, he's starting and still playing. So it's like you, you have that consistency of, of you know, having a, a signal caller in the offense, running all the plays week in and week out, but just the rest of the offense too. And defense, how many guys were starting week one and are still starting now? Just those nine, eight games of experience is just huge for these kids. We could Be probably look at look at that. Like who was starting against Steele and then... And still starting now, yeah. you know, last week in week nine or whatever. I would be curious to see just the the percentage of that roster breakdown of, okay, yeah, these guys were playing week one. These guys are still playing week nine. And that's probably your answer right there. Yeah. You, I mean, you, you got to find <laughs> there's out. No, who, there's no substitute no. for experience. You got to find out who the dudes are and you got to find out who the Joes are. Like you just, you, and that only comes with playing on the field. Right. You Sometimes you find out in practice. Sometimes people look great in practice and then you get them under the lights and they shrink. And you never, and you never know. And so, uh, like, like we said, hats off to Coach Bazer for getting this team corrected, and because they could have gone one way, and sure. Coach Bazer ain't gonna let that happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, and like you said, they have a really, really tough game for second place in district this week. They're playing John Jay, who's our tenth team in the TNL top ten. Get to them in a second, but that's going to be a, a great, great matchup at Gus on Thursday at seven o'clock. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, Piper is number nine. It's only the second year for varsity over there uh, for Piper, and already they have clinched at least a share of the the district title. They are eight and one in uh, overall, five and zero oh in district. They beat Lockhart forty eight to seventeen. They're facing at Liberty Hill seven o'clock on Friday. That is for the outright division or district title. So if they win that game, they are outright winners in just their second year of varsity. If they lose that game, they share it with Liberty Hill. I think you've set the table perfectly. I mean, what more can be said about that game? You know, it's going to be a lot of, you know, it's it's all right there in front of them for both teams. So you're going to get a knockdown drag out between that one. Piper has been just obliterating people. But Liberty Hill, they've found themselves too now. I mean, again, they're up there in the district, like you said, they're right behind them. So they've got a lot to play for too. So that, you know, I wish we had right. 12 people that we could send <laughs> everywhere because there's so many good games that we want to be at and everything. Uh, you know, I, I'm really interested to see how that one shakes out. Yeah. Liberty Hill really 
responded and rebounded um, after they lost that opening week to Wagner, and they've they've started hitting on all cylinders as well. So Liberty Hill and that triple option, it's, it's tough it's, to defend, man. It's a tough one, um, you know, and and of course Piper. Again, you, it's they're almost a little bit like Alamo Heights. It's just what kind of level of competition have they been seeing? And now that you have a game against the top dogs, guys at Liberty Hill who have probably been in control of that district for a long time, you yep. know, if, if you want to be the top dog, you got to go through them. So, you know, here here's here's the test. It's like, and, and what a story it would be, though, you know, second year in varsity ball, and, and they go out and get it. So, man, that one. I can't wait to see how that one comes out. Yeah, what the uh, result is <laughs> our uh, content manager here, Brian Eckert. His daughters go to go to Piper apparently. Uh, one of one of them. One of them yeah. does. Yeah, uh -huh. one of them does. And so he's like, anytime you guys want me to come on, you know, talk about Piper, <laughs> I'm down. I, I know well, all I, about him. <laughs> I'm gonna go talk to Brian then after this. Right. So. We gotta we gotta get the scouting report. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, rounding out TNL top ten is John Jay. Like we said, they play Brennan this week. They beat Taft um, last week, twenty eight to twenty one. Their only loss on the season is against Harlan. That was a tough, tough matchup a couple of weeks ago. Um, I believe they lost by nine. It was 42-33, if memory serves correct. It was, it was a back-and-forth game. I yeah. mean, it, that just the way that one started, it was, you know, pew, pew, Harlan pew, goes pew, down. Pew. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> they were just trading haymakers all night long. So It was like Jonathan Gannon going up to Rondell Moore. It's explosive. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I really thought – Harlan would be more in control of that one just because Jay is is really kind of a run first team but all the updates that I was seeing after I I had to leave because you know I had to get back here and finish stuff for the broadcast but man it's just all the it was like Jackson Gutierrez huge touchdown pass another huge touchdown pass it's like man Jay's putting it up in the air and, yep. and they've really you know kind of evolved their offense as as the season has gone on so you know I look for that to continue you know it's a good game when like you're not even working and you want to go to the game because <laughs> so that that I think it was Saturday the 20, 20, 20th or something like that. It was a Saturday. Yeah, game, it was yeah. a Saturday game. So Jordan and I were going out to celebrate my birthday that day because we didn't have my birthday off on the, on Tuesday the twenty fourth. Right, right. So we were going up to the rim and we were driving right by Ferris. <laughs> and so I was like, Jordan, look to your right. Look to your right. What's the score? What's the score? Oh, and it was like right when they were starting. I was like, okay, maybe we'll see it on the way back. And literally, we're on the way back, and I'm look. I look to my left. It's forty something. I see forty something to thirty something. I'm like, oh crap, this is closed. So there wasn't even a conversation of like taking the exit and be like, hey, hon, like <laughs> let's had, go to a high school football she game. Had, she had a she had a, a reservation somewhere, so we had to get we had to get well, there. Sure, but like after after on the way on back, the way back or something. I mean. No, sadly, there was no, no conversation. There was, there was no okay. No, it wasn't. It wasn't my like. It was. It was to celebrate my birthday. There was an but itinerary. There was an itinerary to be planned. Yes, so. and followed. Yes, and if I mess that up, then I'll never get something planned for me ever again. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get to the sub TNL top ten. Uh, in this order, one through ten, it is Quero. They're nine and zero. Bernie is eight and one. Quick hats off to Bernie for rebounding from losing Jackson Bay is the yep. week one, losing that first game, and ever since they lost their starting quarterback, who's maybe coming back for the playoffs, uh, they've gone 8-0. So props to Ber uh, Bernie on yeah, that one. Great job by Coach Hendricks. Yep. Uh, Jordanton is 9-0. and Bandera, 8-1. and Poth, 8-1. and Lavernia is number six. They are 7-2. and Randolph finishes the season at 9-1. and Hondo is 8-1. and Brackettville, 8-2. and And Dilly. To round out the sub TNL top ten, they are seven and two at number ten. So dilly dilly, 
dilly dilly um shout out dean radlow for dilly dilly every <laughs> every meeting that we have uh tnl game of the week so we got lee and churchill um lee is having a rough season under coach wendell holmes his first or excuse me wendell harris wendell holmes is school uh <laughs> wendell harris over there it's his first year there um they obviously lost their longtime head coach this off season um churchill believe they've been eliminated i talked to one of their coaches um and he says because of the point differential and all that stuff he believes their season is going to be over on thursday um but anyway it's it's an interesting matchup to say the least well and kind of point of pride both these teams you know it's like if you go out a winner on the last one you know it's kind of all right we've got a sense of optimism going into the off season and looking forward to next year and everything um you know i i think churchill you know, sure, they may have been already been eliminated, but it's like, hey, you know, you never know the way things fall out and, and everything. Who knows? You might backdoor your way into a four spot. So it's like you're, you're, you want to come out and, and play your best. And, and Lee's going to do the same thing. The volunteers, excuse me, I should say. Um, so, you know, it, it's always, you know, last game of the year. It's it's the whole Dan Fouts thing from Waterboy. <laughs> Last game of the year, you can't hold anything back now. <laughs> Lee, um, legacy of educational excellence. Um, I was talking to David about that earlier. He's like, it's Lee. You don't have to say legacy of education excellence. It's Lee. D tell Don to n stop journalistically, doing that. <laughs> well, yes, but journalistically, like first reference, and then I you know. can go to Lee. <laughs> I know. I just thought it was funny. He's like, that's a Don Harris thing that we sure, say that all the sure, time. Sure, and I was sure. like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but Lee, the tradition at Lee is, is something that you can't hold lightly. I mean, I believe they were state champs in 71-ish, mm -hmm. something like that. So, like, it's they have a great tradition there, and – even though they've fallen on hard times, still kids with a lot of pride, coaches with a lot of pride, people that take a lot of pride in, in how they play football and the academic excellence that they show. I believe I saw it on um, Coach Harris's Twitter the other day. It's like 92% of their team is uh, above like a 3.4 GPA or something like that. They hold themselves to a high standard regardless of how they're performing on the field. Yeah, well, and – Kind of touched on it before again it's you go out a winner on that last one and it's just kind of like man it you know it's like yeah we may have had a rough season but hey we we came out on top in that last one and we're feeling good about ourselves as as you head into the next season and and it brings i think a different just psychologically yeah it, it gives you a different perspective going into next season yeah and they've i mean they've had a tumultuous season they their first year head coach was placed on administrative leave a little bit earlier this year reasons unknown that the district won't say and I, I don't I don't particularly want to ask if they're not going to say um but it's just been kind of that tumultuous transition year for the volunteers and sure. and to for them to go out a winner on TNL under the lights with 30 40 50,000 people watching for the last game of the season would be pretty big for them yeah um along with Churchill on Churchill's side Churchill would would end up going to six and four on the year missing the playoffs by a point differential and for that seeing where they were last year Ron, coach ron harris has really put a good team together this year yeah they're they're a hard-nosed football team which you know you come to expect from a, a team coached by ron harris right. so uh just a few things didn't bounce their way this season i mean they they came in and, and surprised a couple of teams uh so it's it's just a tough district to to really stack up against you know kind of looking at the rest of the 
you know, Roosevelt had out, got out to a hot start. Brandeis, probably a playoff team. Clark, you know, was up there. Um, you know, in Churchill too, they had that weird, they were part of that weird game yeah. where they not, Madison, just, you know, yeah. uh, the overtime earlier in the season, which, you know, that's, that's just a weird one to be a part of, but you know, it's, both those districts, 29 and 28, 6A, it's just like each week you get tested. So Yeah, I mean, for Churchill, they had everything in front of them. Uh, they beat Roosevelt head-to-head, and then they come out after the Roosevelt game, and they lose to Brandeis, who's going to be the team that's probably going to get the playoff spot ahead of them. They lose to Clark, and then they lose to Reagan. And that right there, those are the three playoff teams you probably needed to win one of those games to get right. in. Yep. So I talked to Coach Moody, who we'll hear from in just a second, and uh, Coach Moody, the associate head coach over at Churchill, uh, Coach Ron Harris kind of offered him up as tribute for the go. interview this week. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so I was able to talk to Coach Moody a little bit earlier today. But Coach Moody said, like, when you lose those three games, sometimes you can't really expect to get in the playoffs because if you win one of those, you're in yeah. at, at this rate. And then they come back, they rebound against Marshall, which, is a, which, which was a great win. And then to end the season six and four, they have a lot of things to look forward to next next year with their quarterback, Hunter Pavlicic. Uh, coming back and they have a lot of guys that are returning so and he's man he's a football player I mean um, he can he can run the ball he reminds me a little bit of Jackson Gutierrez yeah a little bit would like to see you know the passing game you know get fleshed out a little bit more with him but yeah he's he's just a tough runner man just (laughs) you know gets you those tough extra yards yeah so uh, also real quick wanted to shout out the um all-stars on both of these teams. So the Lee San Antonio Sports All-Stars are Jaden Bryant Penn. He's a uh, defensive back. His coach calls him a D1 athlete. He's got the potential to play a bit of, bit of college ball and big-time college ball. He nearly actually made it to regionals in the 200 meters last year as well. So all-around, really good athlete for him. And then one of our tight ends in the San Antonio Sports All-Star game is Josh Wayne. He's from the Volunteers as well. Coach says he's a physical presence on the field. He's 6'3", 215. They grow him big these days, I guess, because yeah. I was not 6'3", 215 when I graduated. No. <laughs> I was like 6'6", 180. I was dripping wet. I was could not, could not gain weight to save the life of me, and now look at us now. Metabolism <laughs> slows down, kids. Uh, <laughs> he's all academic in the district, so good congratulations for uh, Jaden and Josh, both making it to the San Antonio Sports All-Star Game. And then Churchill's All-Star is Cooper Kuntz. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Cooper. I apologize if I'm not. He's a linebacker. You'll hear from Coach Moody. I asked Coach Moody about him, and they really just can't say enough good things about uh, Coop on the defense. He's basically runs the show. He's the, he's the quarterback on the defense. He doesn't you know wear the green dot like in the NFL because they don't have that in high school, but he's he's the guy on defense. He's their best player. So he has some D2, D3 interests, so congratulations to Cooper as well. Let's get over to Coach Moody. Again, this is Coach Luke Moody over at Churchill. Uh, he was uh, kind enough to give me some of his time today, and so uh, talk a lot to him, and then we'll come back and wrap it up. All right, well, Coach Luke Moody from the uh, Winston Churchill Chargers, nice enough to join us now. Coach, how are you today, and how is the team looking this week as you guys prepare for Week 11 of high school football? Uh, doing well this morning. Uh, team's looking good. Um, we're, we're, for the most part, healthy, which is a big a big contributor to success this time of year is, you know, if you made it all the way to Week 11 and you stayed somewhat healthy. So, Coach, there's a kind of a weird uh, – uh, district standings as it looks like going into the last week. I know Brandeis is four and three right now. You guys three and four in district. Roosevelt three and four in district. 
if you guys win, can you lay out the playoff scenarios for me right now? Is there still a scenario where you guys get in because of point differential or like, how is that all looking for you? Uh, there's a possibility of a three-way tie for fourth. If we win, uh, we get to four district wins. There could be three of us at four and four. Uh, I believe Brandeis owns the tiebreaker because of point differential. Gotcha. Okay. So even if Brandeis loses to Reagan tomorrow or uh, Friday, um, they would still have the point differential. Yes. Cause they still have four wins. Got it. Okay. So as you guys go into this week against Lee, uh, you kind of know, like, even if you win, it's, it might be, it's probably the end of your season here. So what is, what are you hoping to get out of this last week of the season? Uh, I've been talking to the guys all week about, and we've talked about it all season is we're trying to build something in the community. Um, it's not just about the 23 football team. It's about Charger Nation and in building that culture to represent the, the type of young men that we are and how we finish everything that we start. Uh, so we talked all week about needing to come out and finish the season on a strong note uh, and, and be six and four. I mean, six and four is no um, no schlub of a season. I mean, that's a that's a hell of a season for you guys there at Churchill High School. What does that say if you guys come out able to finish at six and four? What does that say about your team and the the trajectory of the team that you guys have going into the future years? Um, I think it speaks to resilience. Uh, we've overcome some adversity. Uh, our whole motto in the whole off season, uh, we talked about this way back when we had our overtime game with Madison. Uh, our motto has been weathering the storm. It's an acronym that we have. Uh, each letter in the storm means something to us. Uh, our, our senior council came together last December. Uh, and I said, hey, guys, what are the things we need to work on? What do we need to be better at? And I'm not talking football, X's and O's. I'm talking, what do we need to do to be better humans, be a better team? How do we take care of this? And they came up with a bunch of words. Uh, and then we kind of got together and wordsmithed it into the storm. Uh, so like the S, stability. The T is trust. The O is one. Uh, and the R is results. And the M is magnetic. Each one means something to us. So and we've used this throughout the year when things have gone awry. Um, hey, guys, what are we going to do? What tools are we going to use to weather the storm? And this team has done a great job of that. We came back last week and played well against Marshall uh, after being on a three-game losing streak um, and knowing the situation and knowing what's going on and making it about us and us playing well and us taking care of our brothers and finishing this right. So what what is one of those uh, examples of you guys weathering the storm and what are, what are some of those tools that you guys use to, to kind of do that? Um, I mean, we'll, we'll start back to – the Madison game, the district opener, uh, it was literally and figuratively weathering the storm. Uh, started the game Sunday or Saturday and uh, got lightning delay right at the end of regulation. Had to come back on Monday and play overtime. Um, and we said all we all that whole weekend as we're talking to the kids, whoever can maintain focus, whoever can come out and take care of business, you know, 36 hours roughly after we finished regulation, is going to have the best chance to win this football game. And they came out and they did. They took care of business in overtime. Um, came back at, again after losing three in a row this last week. Came back and played strong. Uh, it would have been real easy for guys that know that they're not necessarily in the playoff hunt to, to 
just tank it and let it go, let it go downhill from there where they have it. They continue to fight. What what was that like finishing overtime or finishing regulation tied at 21 and then having to come back and play literally just in overtime and then get ready for the game the next week? Um, it, it was a long weekend. Uh, there was a lot of tired coaches because we literally on that uh, Sunday were prepping for overtime against Madison and also had to start our preparation for Johnson that week. So um, it was an experience that I've never had before. 21 years doing this and having to finish a game on a Monday was first for me. Um, we actually, I think we spent more time warming up on Monday than overtime actually took. So. Yeah, it's not a scenario you guys want to practice all the time. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Coach, I want to ask you guys about your senior class. Cooper Koontz is one of the ones, and sorry, there's a lawnmower going on in the background. Uh, Cooper Koontz is one of the one is your guys at San Antonio Sports All-Star. Can you tell me a little bit about him and his leadership this year? Yeah, 100%. Um, so what you need to know about Coop is it's 100% effort all the time. Um, whether it be practice, whether it be offseason, whether it be the games. Uh, if you got a chance to watch him play this year, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't slow down. He doesn't quit. Um, he's, he's really been a joy to coach the last three years on the varsity because he's had that kind of effort all the time. He's an effort guy. Uh, his teammates rise to the occasion because they see how hard he is working and how every single snap is like a game rep. Yeah, I know when we were going through the selection process, there was a uh, not a lot of debate when we were <laughs> talking about Coop. So, um, talking about the rest of your senior class, what is the identity of that senior class that you guys have? Uh, they're a tight knit group of guys. Um, they have been. The majority of them have been in the program for all four years. Um, they they they've held this thing together, and like I said, even when things have have gotten gotten bad for a couple weeks in a row. They attendance at practice is great. Uh, attitude at practice is great. It's always about getting better and being being a better you each day. Um, as you guys move forward you know, into next season and the season after, who are the who are the next guys? Who are the next guys? Maybe the juniors or the sophomores that you plan on on them stepping up next year to replace guys like Cooper and the other seniors you have in, in the senior class? Yeah, so we have a good nucleus of underclassmen on this team. Uh, we have Hunter Pavlicek back next year as a senior, our quarterback, Nicolo Parra, uh, Jacob Bentley on the offensive line, Caleb Popham on the offensive line. These are all guys that are returning next season. Uh, and then we have sophomore linebacker Aiden Ross that's coming back. Uh, Freddie Padilla, defensive lines. We have a good nucleus of people that are coming back next year. Awesome. Uh, Coach, I always like to ask, uh, football is so much more than just the football team. You have, in, especially here in Texas, it's just a whole community effort <laughs> from the from the dance teams and, and the bands and, and the, the cheerleaders and the boosters and everybody around what is that community like at Churchill that makes you guys special? Uh, it's amazing. Uh, the traditions at Churchill have been nonstop. This is my ninth season at Churchill, and there's still things that we do that Coach Commander's teams did when they rode on the bus. Uh, so those traditions have stayed strong and true. Uh, our team moms are outstanding. Uh, we see them 
I mean, every Monday night, they do something called Lockers of Love. They come into the locker room, they clean up every kid's locker, decorate the locker room with a the theme. Uh, that Cookie Tuesday, every Tuesday after practice, there's homemade cookies for the kids when they're going out the door. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is a team, team effort, uh, spirit, band, everybody's in it together, uh, real close-knit. When you have a team that like Churchill that, you know, back in the day was competing for state championships and whatnot, how does that tradition help now that you guys, how does that tradition like back then help you guys now? Um, understanding when you put that dub C on the side of your helmet, you're not just doing it for this team or an individual. Uh, you're doing it for the tradition of what Winston Churchill football is. And we still have a lot of alum that are at the games. Uh, we have a lot of alum now whose, whose kids are back playing for us and understanding that it's, it's bigger than one team, definitely bigger than one individual. Coach, if I'm uh, interviewing Coach Ron Harris after the game tomorrow and you guys and holding you guys' hand up in victory, what's what are going to be the key reasons why I'm interviewing you guys and not Coach Harris over at Lee? Uh, we are able to run the football, uh, stay on blocks, sustain blocks. Uh, our five wins so far, that's been the common denominator. Uh, we've been able to establish our run game and, and keep the ball in our hands. That's the number one key to victory for us offensively. Uh, uh, defensively, we have to keep Lee's receivers. Uh, we have to be over the top of the receivers. Can't let things get past us, get deep. All right, Coach. Well, I think that's all I got for you. Um, I look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. And as soon as the uh, podcast and everything comes out tonight, I'll send you guys the link if you want to send it to all the all the team moms or, or whoever you'd like to. Okay. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Coach. I'll see you tomorrow. All right. That's all we got for you today on the Sneakers Cleats podcast. Uh, Zach has to go sweat out a baseball game. Yes. <laughs> it's got 27 more outs. So uh, they're aggravating. Last yeah. night was aggravating too. Why? They because, won. 10, they won eleven to seven. Yeah, but again, it it the D backs have to be feeling some kind of good going into Game Five when you score six runs or however many it was uh, in the final two innings. Now, granted, Rangers weren't using their high leverage guys, so to speak. Didn't they bring in the clerk? Yeah, but you know he's he's working with a couple runners on, and those are going to get charged to Will Smith because again, what happened was just a former pitcher drives me up the wall. You don't come in, you throw strikes, you walk off the leadoff guy, and what did that do? That gave the whole entire stadium. It, it sent a jolt through that entire stadium. Now a few people had already left, but it's like you get that leadoff walk, and then it's like, all right. We got life. We can do something. Start the carousel. And so if you get a few more runners on, you know, that's what happened with when Lourdes Guriel had a three-run shot. You know, it's just like, yeah, you got ducks in the pond, and then quickly we can make up some ground. So. Well, and that's happened two games in a row, too. Well, should have happened two games in a row. They should have walked the leadoff guy in the uh, bottom of the ninth inning in game three as well, except the umpire doesn't know what a strike is. Or, yeah, or a ball well, is that, that kind of went back and forth, you know. Yeah, he missed a call earlier in that at bat that that was borderline strike. He he made up that call again later. So it, yeah, it calls into question, and you don't really want to have that in a World Series. Hopefully, it's just it's all settled on the field. Yeah. Now it was with the Rangers, you know, scoring five runs in back to back innings. Yeah, their their offense really kind of woke up and exploded. It's kind of what they did during this regular season. So. 
you know, I don't know. But man, these D backs though, you, you know, They're they, relentless. they do not, they are unfazed because it's just like, Hey, we've been here before and we've advanced. So it's like, you know, why not do it again? Selfishly? I want the D backs to win tonight just so the Rangers can win it at home. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, so I would like for it to be done tonight, but I don't see that happening. So it's really, I, no, you've all these on the mound. Yeah, but you know they touched him up in in game one and everything a little. They got to him. Now again, second time around, it's it's second time around for both these squads. They've seen these pitchers already, so it's again, what's the approach going to be? I don't know what the D backs are going to do to figure out Corey Seager because it's just like man, don't pitch to him. Yeah, basically, <laughs> but I, you know he's he's not Jordan Alvarez hot to where it's just like okay, you got to give him the Barry Bonds treatment. He's pretty scorching. Yeah, he's he's there, but again, it's I mean. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's yeah. He 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 figures it. It's like all right. I'm looking for this pitch. If it's in this area, I'm going for it. If not, then it's just all right. We'll we'll let it go by. Well, we have uh, should be a lot of fun. We're gonna have plenty to talk about on Friday. Um, Wemby also the Spurs game last night was unbelievable. That was ridiculous. It was unbelievable. We will talk more about that on on Friday as well. Um, it was so, so much fun. I can't even believe that they won that game last night. But yeah, down by twenty or something or whatever. Down by twenty at one point. End yeah. up stealing the ball from like Kelton Johnson in his effort is just ridiculous. Also, I have a hot, hot take. Trey Jones should be in the starting lineup and you got to bench Jeremy Shohan, but that's just me. Anyway, um, more of that on Friday. Uh, <laughs> Monte Ginobili came off the bench. Exactly. Mean, so. uh, quick reminder, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, please download, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, tell an enemy, give us some feedback, give us a five-star rating and uh, helps us out a lot on the metrics. Uh, we will see you right back here on Friday, hopefully talking about a game six. There we go. I mean, not to you, but hopefully. <laughs> Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.